Wrestling fans, this is it. The last ride, the coup de grace, the showstopper. This is WrestleRant Radio. I'm Tommy Sharp alongside Graham GSM Matthews bringing you the front-to-end WWE coverage that you deserve. Listen online at nextarawrestling.net. Graham, there's really only one thing to say at a time like this. One more show! One more show! (laughs) One more show! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, We are in the twilight of our demise, if you will, but fear not, because we have many things in store for you today. It has been an incredible journey here the past few years here on Russell Rant Radio. Obviously, our uh, parent company, NextEraWrestling.net, curated, managed, and all things considered by our very own Graham, GSM Matthews. Graham, I have to say that NextEraWrestling.net, and this is not a plug, is one of the most refined and thoughtful wrestling resources out there. And you do a tireless job at curating this type of knowledge, not just from the WWE, which is what we focus here on this show, but from all facets of professional wrestling. I have to hand it to you. No one will see this because it's the radio, but we are shaking hands firmly <laughs> and looking each other dead in the eye. Um, the, uh, the, the show for me, as we've talked about off the air, has been a, an incredible kind of personal journey for myself uh, coming back from... Just a point where I had trouble even talking to other people uh, after some tragedies and things that had happened in my life. And this show has brought my personality back. It has given me an ability to speak without stuttering or hesitating. And uh, wrestling heals, man. It really does. It's true. It's damn <laughs> true. Uh, you know, and we've had uh, we've had an incredible journey here. Um, you know, we we our our former uh, colleague of ours, RJ. Uh, you know, he spent a, a great number of episodes with us giving commentary. He was even on the show before I had joined. Um, you know, so there's a legacy to Wrestle Rant Radio. We weren't always called Wrestle Rant Radio. We were EC, WWEC Radio. Um, we had different intros. We've had different uh, themes. We've talked, uh, you know, about the business. We've talked about, you know, everything in between. And it has just been a real pleasure. But uh, along the way, we've also gotten out to see some shows together. We've seen Ring of Honor, you know, All-Star Extravaganza. That We saw the Young Bucks win the ROH Tag Team titles from Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. What an incredible match that night. We saw Adam Cole. We saw Jay Lethal. I mean, it was an all-star extravaganza from Ring of Honor. But not only that, we've been to SmackDown together. You've been to WrestleMania, for God's sakes, I think twice over the course of this show, uh, if not more, to my knowledge. And uh, and we were there present live in Boston for SmackDown Live on the Superstar Shake Up Night, which was just a real treat to see everything change in the landscape of the WWE move forward during our time here. We have seen regime changes. We have documented things that the WWE has done from a grassroots ground up level all the way to where they are today. What are some of the highlights of the show in your opinion? Well, first of all, I got to say, Tommy, thank you for joining me on, as you had said, this incredible journey that was, that is WrestleRant radio. I don't want to say was, uh, WrestleRant Radio will continue. We will continue to have Tom on in the show uh, going forward as well. RJ, you know, as you had said, uh, 
We wished him in his future, you know, best of luck in his future endeavors about a year ago. But not as snidely as the WWE wishes people best of luck. (laughs) You know, it was more than a sentence. Exactly. More than a sentence. We said it, we we meant it when we had said uh, best of of luck in your future endeavors, and he has gone on to do great things. You know, we are the uh, ring of honor uh, of wrestling radio, RJ Networking with the Red Sox. I mean, who knows where we will go from here. You never know. Um, oh hell yeah! Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Um, but that, but as you had said, I've been doing this show for a couple of years now. Randall, uh, Mr. Livingstone, got to give a give a got got to give a huge shout out to him for help curating the show here on uh, WWE, or rather just EC Radio, right here at Endicott College campus. Over the past four years, uh, Ellie Pie before him uh, started the show in October of 2013, and it's just been four phenomenal years to say the least. And we're talking about backlash later with AJ Styles, but uh, no pun intended. Four. Phenomenal years of Wrestle Rant Radio. Yeah, absolutely. Right here on EC Radio. And you know, enough is enough. Enough of the mushy stuff. It's time to talk backlash. You're absolutely right. Coming up this Sunday only on the WWE Network. While there's a storm of controversy brewing on the Raw roster side of things, SmackDown Live remains the flagship show, in my opinion, and it's not without its own share of controversy. So let's kick things off and talk about the diver. The diver. I'm sorry. I meant the Viper, Randy (laughs) Orton. You know, let's uh, let's take a quick look at what Orton has been up to. uh, Maybe this last week in the ring, and maybe some of the things that we've heard uh, uh, outside of the ring, if you will. Uh, I guess it's all kind of contained, though. Randy Orton will be facing Jinder Mahal, the number one contender to the WWE Championship this Sunday at Backlash. Backlash has always been one of the strongest SmackDown pay per views, uh, uh, and it was a an impressive show last year. But right now, Randy Orton seems to be a little bit overly confident. Not so much the Viper right now. Um, Kind of back to that, uh, you know, evolution era Randy Orton, if you will. Not a lot of dangerous things coming out of him. Do you think that that arrogance is why Jinder Mahal keeps getting the upper hand on Randy Orton week after week so far? I would say so. I mean, I would say that Orton has really not been the same. It's odd. It's it's very strange to say, but he's not been the same guy since capturing the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. He fell short to Bray Wyatt at Payback. He's come up short to against Jinder Mahal again and again and again. So we, I mean, I know he beat Baron Corbin on Tuesday night, but he really is not that same Viper of old. Uh, we are kind of seeing shades of the evolution, Randy Orton, even more so on social media in recent days, as you had said dive and we'll get into that momentarily as well yeah, but so so let's go back to to the matches that randy orton has won uh in each of those instances we'll go all the way back to the house of horrors match sure uh he didn't win that match no. and because of jinder mahal jinder mahal not alone uh however the Singh brothers at jinder mahal's side and once again this win over baron corbin which was a pretty brutal match uh you know randy orton going for an rko pretty much right off the bat baron corbin screaming back is not going to be that easy Mm -hmm. definitely scouting out randy orton's moves i see a lot of randy orton's uh uh on you know unsavory characteristics in Baron Corbin. So Mm -hmm. it was an interesting matchup to see them paired head to head, but to see, you know, Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers play another significant role in that match. You know, is this a sign, uh, you know, writing on the wall that uh, there's going to be significant uh, foolery going on this Sunday during their championship match? I would assume so. Jinder did kind of hint at it on talking smack after SmackDown on Tuesday. Um, He was, Asked point blank, will the Singh brothers get involved in the WWE Championship match? And he simply said, if I want them to. 
Basically, he's saying that if he's in a position where he feels he can't win, he will call upon the Singh brothers to interfere in the match and help him win the WWE Championship. Which is a little brazen because we have not really heard uh, a superstar refer to their, you know, cronies and their henchmen as, uh, you know, having anything to do with directions coming from the top. Mm-hmm. If this is all coming from Jinder Mahal, he's he's kind of the first in a while to admit. I mean, Seth Rollins would never admit that J&J Security were there to do anything other than protect him. Mm-hmm. You know, they were acting on his best interests. And, you know, if they got involved, well, he didn't ask them to do that directly. That's just something that they did on their own. Jinder Mahal seems very much different. He seems to be buying their support and they seem to be all too eager to, to provide it. So will we see the Singh brothers uh, thrown out of this match by the referee. Do you think that's a possibility? Very much so. I think with it being SmackDown Live, we've talked about management time and time and time again right here on WrestleRant Radio, how SmackDown Live, even more so than Raw, does the right thing. They're going to call this match down the middle. They're going to make sure there's no interference. There's no BS here. If Jinder Mahal becomes WWE Champion on Sunday, it's by his own merit. It's because he beat Orton clean as a sheet on his own. We'll see if Orton, whether it's whether it's a sign that Jinder can it is WWE Championship material, or whether Orton is, like I said, really not that same Orton of old, whether he's kind of taking Jinder Mahal loosely, a guy that came up short to Finn Balor, you know, Mojo Raleigh when we were at the aforementioned SmackDown in Boston about a month ago. He cannot take this man lightly. He has been a threat. He has beaten Jinder, or he himself. He has beaten Orton. He has beaten uh, Sami Zayn on countless occasions. Jinder Mahal, there is a very real possibility he leaves Chicago on Sunday as the new WWE Champion. And not only that, but Jinder Mahal's coming off of a win this past Tuesday over the phenomenal AJ Styles. Um, Another match that was heavily influenced by the presence of the Singh brothers. So Mm -hmm. at this point, you have to think of Jinder Mahal as a three-person team, you know? He's basically a three-man band. Um, So... uh, (laughs) <laughs> so if, if if Jinder Mahal is capable of getting through a match, even with distractions included, because you have to include them at this point against AJ Styles, it certainly seems that he has enough momentum now to take the championship. And I'm going to go ahead and call that match right now in Jinder Mahal's favor. We're going to be looking at Jinder Mahal WWE World Champion come Sunday night. It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. If we're talking predictions here... Is it, it is a bold prediction. I mean, we're talking Jinder Mahal here. If you told me a year ago he'd be standing before us as our new WWE champion, I absolutely would have admitted you to the Ambrose Asylum if there is such a thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm going to go too. I'm going to say we have a new WWE champion on Sunday. But we also have to look at, too, the, the X factor, that being Rusev, who demanded a WWE title opportunity at Money in the Bank. He was advertised for SmackDown, nowhere to be seen. Is he holding off till Sunday? Will he get involved in the match? Will it be a no contest? Many different questions to be asked here, um, but I think when the smoke clears, we will have a new WWE champion on Sunday in the form of the Maharaja, Jinder Mahal. So, speaking of AJ Styles involved in all of this, AJ Styles is going to be battling Kevin Owens, the current face of the United States of America, our United States champion Kevin Owens will be taking on AJ Styles. Uh, Now, this I'll, I'll just bury the lead here. This is a match I believe Kevin Owens is going to win. Uh, I believe Kevin Owens is going to retain, and I believe this is going to work in AJ Styles' favor because I believe that AJ Styles, as United States champion, while an unbelievable you know uh, run he could have with a belt like that, I think he always has his eye 
on that on that that big belt. Mm-hmm. And I think if it's on Jinder Mahal's waist, especially after you know what went down this past Tuesday with their their influence over everything, I don't think uh, AJ Styles is going to take kindly to either Kevin Owens or Jinder Mahal trying to run all. Of, of SmackDown Live on everyone. And this was evident right at the top of the show this week. Kevin Owens hijacked Chris Jericho's highlight reel, came out and was about to introduce his guest, Jinder Mahal, and was interrupted. Uh, I think that that's a clear sign that the three of them are going to be entangled for a lot more. Now, whether or not AJ Styles continues to go off the United, Cha- United States Championship, uh, I'm not sure because I can. Kevin Owens seems to get under everybody's skin. So focusing just on Kevin Owens and AJ Styles, if you break down the competition, everything looks like it's in the favor of AJ Styles. But Kevin Owens has come up with win after win. His resume speaks for itself so far here in the WWE. Are we looking at a very even matchup here? We are. I mean, again, this is radio. You guys can't see it. I'm supporting AJ Styles with a hat at this very moment. I'm supporting Kevin Owens with a t-shirt, the Kevin Owens show, which SmackDown is. Um, at the present moment. I'm torn. I don't know which way to go with you. I don't know which way to go with this match. I don't know whether AJ Styles comes out on top, new United States champion, new face of America, or Kevin Owens retains. It could very much go either way. I will say that this will not be the end of the road for this feud. Um, I absolutely see it continuing beyond this point. If I had to pick, again, it's hard to say. Um, as you had said, Kevin Owens has beaten everyone. He has been everyone that has been put in front of him, from Roman Reigns to Seth Rollins to John Cena, who you know when he debuted on the main roster exactly two years ago today, May nineteenth or rather eighteenth, two thousand and fifteen, he got in the face of John Cena and targeted that very United States Championship, going on to win it at WrestleMania thirty three less than two years later. Um, I don't think after getting back the gold, regaining the gold from Chris Jericho on that episode of SmackDown a few weeks back, that he is going to lose grasp of the Star Spangled Prize anytime soon. I think Kevin Owens is the face of America for the long haul, but don't count out AJ Styles. He will remain in pursuit of the gold for months to come. Absolutely. And so those are you know some of the bigger championship matches. The other championship match that we're going to be seeing this Sunday at Backlash, something that I can't even believe I'm going to get to see a real shot at something that you and I have been looking into for over two years now. The rise of Brizongo. This, I mean, it sounds absolutely, uh, it, it sounds foolish to talk about Brizongo, to talk about Prince Pretty, and to talk about Fondango. I think the two of them together have built something more unique than any of the parodies of things that people might try to slap onto them. And I think the Usos take it completely for granted. I think the Usos are coming in here with their shtick, with their drawl, with their insults, and with their, you know, their brand of harsh reality, if you will. And I think that Brizongo, while you know they're having their uh, their moment with the fashion files and things like that, that uh, you know they're pointing out, you know that's that's their distraction tactic. That's that's their tool to make the Usos believe that they're not a threat. That the Usos are going to walk in champion one two three and walk right back out. And I don't think it's going to be that kind of party. Now, do I think that Brizongo is are, is going to walk out with the belts at Backlash? I can only hope. But I feel like I am putting a lot of speculation into that as well. Um, Tyler Breeze and uh, Fandango have never looked better. They've never looked more cohesive, and they are not distracted whatsoever. Unlike the Usos, who I feel like have not really been in a lot of in-ring action lately. Um, you know, they have. 
uh, Brizongo just beat the Colognes, um, you know, a very focused team this past week. But, Graham, what do you think about where the Usos come into play with, you know, uh, do you feel like Brizongo is not taking everything as seriously as they should be? Well, I'm going to go three for three here as well and say that the Usos walk out as tag team champions. But I will say this. I do appreciate the effort Brizongo has put into you know, this really resurgence of sorts from Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Because not only are they endearing themselves to the audience via the fashion files, which are just awesome, by the way, loving it. There was one line in that episode this past week, not the Jay walking, Jimmy walking from a few weeks ago, which was great. Um, This week, when they had the whole disguise thing, I thought it was awesome. But um, not only are they doing that, but they're beating established tag teams. They beat, as you had said, the Clones, former tag team champions on Tuesday. Last week, former NXT tag team champions. They beat the Ascension. So they're climbing the the ranks in SmackDown Live's tag team division. Not only, again, endearing themselves to the audience, but building their credibility as an in-ring tandem. So they're definitely more of a threat now to the tag team titles than they were a month ago. At the same time... Now is not their time. I think it may be only a matter of time down the road before they become the tag team champions. At the present moment, I think the Usos have it locked down. You know, the whole 12 days promo from about a week ago I thought was awesome. The Usos are killing it right now. Brizongo, it'll be close, but no cigar. Well, so for the Usos on their side, what's going in their favor is the fact that they have been to the show before. They've been to WrestleMania. They've held the belts. Two-time champions, I believe. Yep. Is this three now? Three first reign of the SmackDown tag titles. Obviously. Yes, correct. Yes. All right, yep. dude. Graham is is the the wrestling encyclopedia. <laughs> you do not need the internet if Graham is around. Um, the Usos have have really held on to the belts with a lot of prestige. You know, they have uh, they've they've gone from brightly colored uh, neon green cartoon characters with face paint to what I believe is closer and what I've always believed. If you listen to all their promos throughout all the years, they've always been heading in this direction, this this confrontational, very antagonistic uh, uh, group of individuals that you know truly enjoy uh, getting a rise out of people. And I think Brizango, you could see it on their face on Tuesday in the ring that uh, you know if while, while they're being told what's going to happen to them on Sunday, I think Brizongo is, is finally settling into the reality of this is our shot at the titles, not just another match, not just another day at the office. This is it. So uh, I'm going to have to go with the Usos here, unfortunately, for the win. Uh, I believe they're going to retain against uh, Brizongo, but it's not going to be without uh, si- significant effort, I believe. This is not going to be our standard Brizongo loses quickly match. So. Yes, hopefully not. Yeah. So that's going to be good. But let's let, let's take a look before we get into the rest of the card at Payback here. Let's take a look at the kickoff show. You know, uh, kickoff shows are something that you and I put a lot of focus into on this program um, because that's where real wrestling begins. You know, the, sh- the show does not begin with the, the intro packages and all the video stuff and, you know, when everybody's tuning in for free on the WWE Network. It really really begins for free on the kickoff show. And that is going to be uh, Ty Dillinger in action against Aiden English. Will Ty Dillinger improve to 3-0 and against Aiden English? I don't know if that really means anything. But uh, as far as Ty Dillinger making his first splash on the SmackDown Alive main roster, uh, Aiden English has definitely been a different Aiden English than we have known. Do you think that that is contributing 
to his losing streak here against uh, Ty Dillinger. It could time. be. It could be. I think we will we will be seeing a new Aiden English as the time goes on. Obviously, he's more adjusted to being a tag team wrestler, having been with Simon Gotch in 2014, dating back to his NXT days. Uh, really his first time on his own in about three or four years. So experience not on his side in this contest against Ty Dillinger, but they do have something of a rivalry brooding from the last couple of weeks. Um, I did watch something on the WWE YouTube channel, WWE.com, what have you, an exclusive video with Aiden English confronting Ty Dillinger, said that on Sunday he will be busting out the perfect masterpiece of sorts. So what that might mean, I have no idea. I'm interested to find out, hence why you should tune into the kickoff show, people. It's great. That's where the real wrestling begins, as Tom had said. I'm going to go with Ty Dillinger here, um, 3-0, and but it could be third times the charm for English on Sunday if he plays his cards right. I just think, you know, when when you're up against the perfect 10 with the momentum building, you know, it's only a matter of time before he's 10 and 0, you know, and I think 10. that I think that that's, you know, like for I think he beat Kurt Hawkins his first yeah, uh, his first yeah, yeah, no, three no against uh, he's or three ten no against, against Aiden. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, too, yeah, no, no, no. I just mean in general. I think yeah, you know, okay, like, yeah. He's gonna, you know, it's not gonna be like an undefeated streak like Goldberg or something <laughs> absurd. But I think getting to that ten and zero is yeah. gonna be is gonna be pretty cool. Um, yeah, and that's true. I think that that says a lot without without putting a belt, you know, going after something a little bit higher than where he's at and and starting to to chip away at the roster that he wants to, you know, find competition. And I think he's going to, you know, set these bars and keep climbing like he did through NXT, like he did to get all the way here to SmackDown live, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think that that kind of conflict will, and, and, and challenge br- brings out the best in Ty Dillinger. And what makes him a perfect 10 is, is the, that, that drive, you know? So does Aiden English have that? I don't think so. I think Ty Dillinger takes this win. Graham, what do you got? I agree. I think Ty Dillinger goes home with a victory on Sunday. I didn't even really think about that. That's a great idea, Tommy. Um, I think Ty Dillinger will embark on that undefeated streak to 10-0. Maybe at 9-0 he loses to whoever. Right. Maybe Aiden English. You never know. That's the real story there. But I look forward to seeing the streak uh, you know, continue on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and something I'm really also looking forward to on Sunday, two giants, titans of the WWE who are on the SmackDown Live roster will be seeing face-to-face competition. You can call them brothers. You can call them former family members you can call them uh monsters if you will but luke harper will be facing eric rowan at backlash um this was just recently announced um what do you feel do you feel like luke harper and eric rowan have really still have unfinished business here or do you feel like management is just sticking these monsters together because they feel like they have unfinished business. It might be more of the latter. The weird thing is that Eric Rowan won clean in their you know latest contest, not this past week, but the week before that on SmackDown Live. Eric Rowan came on Talking Smack this past week and asked for a rematch. Again, for what reason? I have no idea. He wasn't really abundantly clear. Um, again, after winning clean, you know, no questions asked the week before, and now he wants another match, so... It might be more of a man- management decision to put these guys together to get them on the card, which is fine. I think Luke Harper has, you know, boatloads of potential, even Eric Rowan as well. Um, but I think in this contest, a very good, well, very well could go either way. I'm going to go Luke Harper. I think Eric Rowan stole the first victory. Luke Harper evens the score with a win on Sunday. Um, but I think it will be a hard-hitting affair. I mean, these guys have a lot of history dating back to their NXT days four or five years ago. And it might be one of those fight-forever things uh, between Eric Rowan and Luke Harper, the former Wyatt family stablemates. I mean, it certainly could. It, the, the interesting thing about Eric Rowan is that 
he has shifted from having somewhat of a, a, you know, lucid personality to going drifting back to a full sheep personality where he really doesn't say much of anything at all anymore. Uh, he used to really at least be able to eke out a couple of words, uh, express a few things here and there, but he doesn't seem to have that in him anymore. One begs to wonder if winning matches is even a thing on his mind, whether he notices or not that he's the winner. He seems pretty indifferent to everything except for hurting people. And I think like any scared and guarded type of personality, which I think at Eric Rowan's core, he's scared and guarded. That's why he wears a mask. He, he needs those layers of protection. So I think that Luke Harper is an obvious villain for him. While Luke Harper, I think, is, is much more in the defensive role here where he doesn't necessarily he's moved on. You know, Luke Harper has moved well away from his Wyatt family connections in mm-hmm. any way whatsoever. And I, so I feel like somewhat that Eric Rowan is in, in indebted pursuit of Luke Harper while Luke Harper is desperately trying to sever his final connection here with the Wyatt family and perhaps burying Eric Rowan, not only literally, but, you know, uh, metaphorically here. <laughs> yep is the right move for Luke Harper. And I'm going to go with Luke Harper with a big win over here. He's been a, a phenomenal since he has cleared his mind and gotten away from the church of Bray Wyatt. So uh, that is going to be kind of a interesting experience to see what happens between those two giant monsters of men there. But another monster is going to be taking on uh, uh, Sami Zayn this Sunday, Baron Corbin, the lone wolf who was accused by Brizongo of having three wolf shirts printed in a row, and that is an that is an egregious offense. Um, uh, so we just wanted to, to to bring that up. That is not fake news. That has been verified via uh, actual sources. But Baron Corbin, um, like we were talking about earlier, um, showing a little bit of tendencies of what the Viper of old used to bring to the table, um, kind of like a ruthless aggression, if you will, for lack of a better term. Um, that he's now injecting a little bit of that, I mean, I hate to say it, attitude era um, style of confrontation and beatdown into his matches, into his persona, his backstage personality. He doesn't turn it off. Sami Zayn, however, is a lot more enjoyable. He likes the process of wrestling. He likes setting up matches. He likes being backstage with everybody and the wrestlers. And he likes going out there and kicking ass. So does Sami Zayn stand a chance against Baron Corbin? Yes, that's a given. Two great competitors, great styles. Is Baron Corbin like at least feet taller than Sami Zayn? Absolutely. <laughs> Sami Zayn is not as fast as he wants to believe he is. He is not a cruiserweight. And he's a tall dude himself. But I feel like Sami Zayn right now um, just doesn't have a streak of momentum behind him enough that compares with the streak that Baron Corbin has been on. And and that has more to do with Baron Corbin just being a destructive and aggressive personality, which Sami Zayn is, is a little bit more passive in that sense. What do, you, what do you make of this matchup? I mean, I think we've talked about it before. Sami Zayn is a perfect fit for the blue brand. But if you really look at his track record since arriving on SmackDown, he's lost the number one contenders match for the United States Championship. The six-pack challenge won by Jinder Mahal. Lost to Jinder Mahal again. Lost a six-man tag team match last week. Sami Zayn has always been, you know, as the WWE likes to call him, 
the underdog from the underground, which is very true. But at the very same time, he needs to be motivated to win. And hopefully that's the case on Sunday. Baron Corbin seems much more, you know, hell-bent on destruction. And not really more so winning, but making money. So he can rise up the corporate ladder in the WWE, win championships, you know, pay for his fancy cars, you know, just for his girlfriend and no one else. He doesn't give a crap about anybody. Um, but I do think Baron Corbin steals a victory on Sunday. He's knocked off Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, Kalisto, Dean Ambrose in a street fight. That's a who's who of former world champions right there. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Baron Corbin stealing this victory on Sunday. We need to see more fire from Sami Zayn if he wants to find success on SmackDown. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a clean win for Baron Corbin this Sunday. Uh, despite Sami Zayn's absolute best efforts, I think Baron Corbin is going to dig deep and come up with a clean victory. So I don't think we're going to see any kind of, uh, you know, no pulling of the pants, no uh, no outside interference, no, uh, you know, foreign objects, anything like that. I think Baron Corbin goes over clean and makes a point right now. And to your point about Baron Corbin, uh, you know, maybe eyeing himself more as a company man, I think he he's, he's diving further into his own madness. He believes in that pursuit so much that he's actually now not in control of his actions backstage. He's, he's very much a loose cannon. And that's not a company person for the WWE. They don't take very kindly to that. They like people they can control. Seth Rollins wasn't getting into those arguments. And if he was, he was stepped away from it. Mm -hmm. Kevin Owens, same thing. The second he got in with the authority, they would step him away from that conflict. And that's how Kevin Owens operates in general anyway. Baron Corbin needs to learn that lesson or someone's going to teach it to him. And that person could absolutely be Sami Zayn, who has just brazenly gone up against Braun Strowman and any number of giant competitors. Sami Zayn has no fear whatsoever. This might be a uh, a battle we see back and forth between Corbin and Zayn for, for a while, and I certainly hope so because Sami Zayn has uh, a lot to prove, especially if he is uh, comes up short this Sunday. So... Uh, long road for Sami Zayn ahead if he wants to claim some gold in his future, but Baron Corbin seems hot on that pursuit. Um, so without any championship necessarily on the line or in play for this, we have a pretty fantastic lineup for the SmackDown Live women's division. Um, Naomi, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch, uh, uh, under their own moniker, will be taking on the welcoming committee, if you will, of Natalia, Carmella, and Tamina Snuka. Um, this is uh, was, was just announced recently. I think it was announced in London. Yep. Um, and it is an interest. It, we've talked a lot about this on the show of how it's great to see these multi-women tag matches and they are all incredible competitors, but where is I, they, they absolutely deserve a championship spotlight on this show. There, mm-hmm. there, every other belt is being defended. And here we have, you know, Naomi, a, the, the, the SmackDown live, live women's champion. And she is just in the mix of all of these other competitors. I mean, this is a very, very much a match that should be on SmackDown live, Prestige-wise, the champion should have her own match on the card. It makes absolutely no sense to me why Naomi is excluded. It should be Naomi versus Carmella, and Naomi should teach Carmella a lesson in shutting the hell up. (laughs) Uh, And that's just my opinion. Or Naomi and Natalya, or Naomi and Tamina. Heck, Naomi versus Charlotte, Becky, Natalya, Carmella, and Tamina. I would take a one versus all than this 3v3 matchup that Mm -hmm, we have mm -hmm. here. 
That being said, you know, uh, my own disappointments aside, I think that the teams are actually very strong, well-balanced. I mean, you have a natural leader in Natalia um, guiding Carmella. And I guess, you you know, you only really have to tell Tamina who to hit and she's going to go and do that anyway. But Carmella seems like she gets distracted easily by shiny things and, <laughs> and needs a little bit more focus. And Natalia is, is either focused, laser focused on wrestling or cats. So I think when she's in the (laughs) ring, she'll be focused on the wrestling, I presume. But Naomi, uh, Naomi is definitely not, I would say, not a leader of her team. She might be the champion, but standing next to Charlotte Flair, you know, the WWE women's champion, I think that, you know, Becky Lynch certainly doesn't, you know, come across as prestigious as Charlotte does. She doesn't have the resume. Becky Lynch is a fighter, true and true. The three of them stand, I feel like, at least Becky and Naomi stand uh, pretty even. Uh, but Charlotte definitely has just that much more behind her. Um, do you feel like just because of that, that the team of Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky are going to go over the welcoming committee? There's a good chance of it. I mean, I know Becky, Charlotte, you know, they have that cohesiveness there from Team PCB from many years ago. But then again, every stable that Charlotte has ever been in has always fallen apart, whether it was the BFFs in NXT, whether it was Team PCB, Team This, Team That, the Four Horsewomen. She has never played well with others. Um, That being said, it seems like something is brewing there. I'm not exactly sure what it is between her and Becky. That's kind of a side story right now. And another story that was furthered on Tuesday, you have Carmella and uh, Naomi for the SmackDown Women's Championship as well. Carmella beating Naomi in singles non-title action, seemingly setting up a future championship match for down the road. So all of these things considered... um, the welcoming committee has really run rampant. I think they've won almost all of, if not every one of their matches in recent weeks. I'm going to say they go over here. I'm going to say they score the victory to kind of further that momentum and help building Carmella as a credible challenger. Um, but it would not surprise me I think if, I, if Charlotte scored the victory for her team either. I, I think that that's a, a likely scenario for sure. I think on paper here, Naomi, Charlotte, and Becky have this wrapped up all day long. The, the interesting thing about this, win or lose for either side, who wins? Like what? What are we looking at here as so, yeah, far as, stake, as what yeah. management has put together in this match? Yeah. You know, they they have a match, so I suppose you've checked that box. But what does this further for anyone? Agreed. You well, know, what's holding them back from having a rematch two days later? Is my and what, question. what's holding Charlotte back from you know being on this team? What's holding her back from walking away yeah, from who this? Who cares team? exactly? Naomi and Becky versus the welcoming committee. I mean, I can very well see that happening. I mean, could Naomi have maybe promised Becky and Charlotte a title shot if their team won? I mean, that's possible, right? We'll I mean, see. It, any anything's possible, but it does. Uh, as we've seen before, I don't believe Naomi would even have the power to. To no. grant such things. No, so, yeah. you know, she's going to make more enemies true. by by promising anything like that than anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go with Naomi, Charlotte and Becky because it just seems like that is who who has the ability to win this match with with ease. However, if Charlotte decides that she's better than this match and leaves, I very I, I, I could very well see that happening, too. So your prediction is, is so likely of a scenario that it's hard to go against it. I'm going to just stay the course here and hope that uh, talent perseveres over, you know, people with two hands. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, uh, finally, you know, as if the, the card was not stacked enough for this Sunday show on the WWE Network at Backlash. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura 
will be making his in-ring wrestling debut against the Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Dolph Ziggler this last week and every week prior has had nothing but content and uh, disdain for Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, whether it's his background or his uh, quote-unquote indie cred or uh, the hype surrounding Shinsuke Nakamura of him being this international kind of rock star icon of professional wrestling and pop culture. It really seems to bother Dolph Ziggler that he, in all of his years in the WWE, even after showing this you know, video package of all the things that Shinsuke Nakamura hasn't done, which is nothing in the ring and all the things Dolph Ziggler has done, which is win championships years ago. Um, <laughs> I was just about to point that out. Yeah. You know, how uh, old is that footage? It, 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 and the, the WWE is unfortunately a, what have you done for me lately? Dolph yep. Ziggler. That's where we are. And you know that cause you've been working here for like most of your adult life. So is since that you are a tenured veteran here, uh, a bit of advice, the, the future always eclipses the past. That's how it works in the WWE. And you are certainly not working hard enough, Dolph Ziggler, right now to convince anybody that your past accomplishments are going to matter at all when you get hit in the face with a running knee by Shinsuke Nakamura. Graham, what, what, give me some background on the on, on, on what we've seen here. We, we even saw some of it in person at the Superstar Shake-Up on SmackDown Live. We did. Again, it, it, it's hard to further a feud without having... I mean, Dolph Ziggler had one match against Sin Cara about a, a, a couple of weeks ago, but um, Shinsuke Nakamura, it's hard to judge the guy. I mean, a lot of guys... I mean, obviously, we watch NXT. We pay close attention to the product. A lot of people have yet to see what Shinsuke Nakamura is capable of in a WWE ring, so this is a true test. He ha- Not only does he have to come out on top... He has to win this match in impressive fashion. If Ziggler dominates most of this match and Nakamura wins out of nowhere, it doesn't do anyone any favors. Um, in terms of what we've seen from this feud, again, it was kind of just really not doing much for me at the beginning. Just a lot of back and forth talk. And not really that the fact that they were talking. It was what they were saying. The Jackson 5 stuff, it was... It was a mess. But then they got to the promo about a week ago, which I know we didn't get a chance to talk about. We weren't we weren't together for the show last week. Um, when Ziggler was running down the audience, you know, he's the shiny new st- toy. I've been here for 10 years. Where's my appreciation? I'm better than anyone else in the roster, blah, blah, blah. It's a tired old trope, but it works. Like, it, it fits like a glove for Dolph Ziggler. And I thought it was brilliant. Um, setting the stage quite nicely for this encounter on Sunday. So Ziggler has to win this match more than anything. But even maybe even more than Nakamura, who who you know wins really win or loss on Sunday. I think he's got the audience in his palm in the palm of his hand, no matter what happens the the, the outcome of this match. Um, but I've been thoroughly enjoying the feud. Nakamura hopefully a win on Sunday over a former you know surprisingly enough world champion and Dolph Ziggler from many years ago will help him elevate him on the ladder of you know, of success on SmackDown Live. Absolutely, I mean uh, Dolph Ziggler has everything to prove and everything to lose in this match. Yep. And Shinsuke Nakamura, this will always go down as a well-fought match for him, win, lose, or draw. It doesn't really matter what, what, what Shinsuke Nakamura does in this match because he's already a rock star. He is the show. He's the show stealer. Yeah. When it comes to SmackDown Live and when it comes time to this match, this match is going to steal the show, and it's not going to go in the way that Dolph Ziggler wants it to go. It's not going to be Dolph Ziggler stealing the show. He'll be part of a match that stole the show. Mm-hmm. But that is not the same thing, Dolph Ziggler, and you know it, and that is why you are running scared right now, and that is why you're putting up this needless 
social media and otherwise, you know, uh, uh, damaging front that you're trying to paint Shinsuke Nakamura into. And uh, I'll give you some news, Dolph Ziggler. Nobody cares but you. Um, you know, so, <laughs> no one cares about you either. And, well, that 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 is some harsh words, but uh, true. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're very much looking forward to backlash, uh, and we'll see how all of our predictions shake up in the, as we move forward here. But raw this week, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, a lot of controversy surrounding, um, a, a lot of things going on with raw right now, the absence of Brock Lesnar, the, the disappearance of the universal title, almost altogether. uh, uh, Braun Strowman out with significant injury images showing online today, him in surgery, very, very real things going on in Braun Strowman's life. Um, not just a loser, but now out of action. Uh, and Braun Strowman, uh, uh, is, is now watching from a hospital bed as Roman Reigns declares that he is now officially the top dog and next in line for the universal title. Finn Balor and others certainly felt differently. Graham, what did you think about the fatal five-way announcement determine the universe, the number one contender for the universal championship that Brock Lesnar holds. I thought this was great. I mean, we talked about it about a week ago, two weeks ago in hashtag AskGSM. G plug, check it out. When Tommy uh, guest started with me, we talked about what's next for Braun Strowman if he gets hurt. And um, now that he's out of action, not only for six to eight weeks, but rather six months, that's quite a long time. Uh, Roman Reigns is not, I mean, we, we never, you never know, um, but he's not automatically getting that next shot against Brock Lesnar. You have Samoa Joe in the mix. You got Seth Rollins. You got Finn Balor, Bray Wyatt, all of Raw's top stars. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was a very simple way of building towards Extreme Rules, five top talents. The match itself is going to be spectacular. But moreover than anything else, you know, that the, the number one criticism in wrestling nowadays is predictability. Oh, we know who's going to win, blah, blah, blah. We really don't. Any one of these five guys could come out on top and face Brock Lesnar at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view back in, you know, in July. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Roman win, Reigns win the Fatal Five-Way match <laughs> and defeat, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, fledgling uh Finn Balor who you know believes that the line starts behind him but it's a it's a tall claim since he really hasn't spent a lot of time in the WWE on the main roster um you know Finn Balor it may might claim that he is the first universal champion but holding the title for a, a, a fortnight and not even an, an overnight excuse me um it hardly makes it a claim that it has a lot of salt behind it uh, I did appreciate, however, that Seth Rollins made no claim that he had uh, any deserving right to say that he should be number one contender without earning something. Instead, he attacked Samoa Joe, who Samoa Joe came out this this past Monday and laid out some scenarios and, and t- said some actions and what was going to happen. Action, result. Action and result. And I think that that is just a little too narrow-minded for Samoa Joe right now. If he thinks that he can uh, go into a fatal five-way and extract actions and results and not think of all the variables, that is what is going to be his demise. And unfortunately, Seth Rollins is going to ensure it, which I believe takes the two of them out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt... Um, certainly coming off of, you know, a would-be win at the House of Horrors, um, you know, seemingly didn't have enough to say as to why he felt so passionate about this match or why he would want to even face Brock Lesnar at this point. So it begs the question, is 
Finn Balor, is this whole fatal five-way matchup really just about Roman Reigns and Finn Balor? It is. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's it's interesting when you put it that way. They do have unfinished business. Uh, Finn Balor did beat Roman Reigns in his debut match on the main roster back in July. Roman Reigns avenging the victory on Monday night. This could be our next destination. Again, we're looking at whoever's going up against Brock Lesnar back, you know, in, in the July at the July pay per view next month or two months from now, rather. Um, but beyond that, we could be looking at some sort of extension of the feud between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns, the big dog, he's going to be champion at some point again. Finn Balor, like you said, he has not been in the main roster that long. He doesn't have the same buzz around him as he did when he first came up about a year ago. Um, he is fresh off, you know, coming back from the injury. But at the same time, he lost clean as a sheet on Monday night. Will that play a factor in him eventually turning to the dark side, you know, turning to the demon? Will we see the demon at Extreme Rules? We have no idea. We have yet to see the demon since SummerSlam when he, when he got hurt. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. So it, it, very, very interesting combinations there. Kurt Angle didn't totally seem to have a lot of control over the scenario. Um, so we'll see how that plays out as it moves forward and see how that settles with Brock Lesnar, who I'm sure Paul Heyman will say, it doesn't matter who Brock Lesnar is going to eat hot dogs. Um, so, uh, in other championship news and things going on on Raw this week, uh, The Miz had an incredible match, uh, uh, or would have been an incredible match against Intercontinental Champion Dean Ambrose and had a real shot at winning the Intercontinental title, which Miz held with more, you know, uh, held on to tighter than imaginable for a very long time. Um, and it was uh, via disqualification that the Miz ends up winning this match. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on how that 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 landed. Well, even before the finish, I thought the match itself was great. I mean, we talked about it before. Why are the Miz and Ambrose rekindling their rivalry so soon after it ended on SmackDown? That, to me, didn't make much sense. But they work so well together. The promos are great. The match was very entertaining for a match we've seen a handful of times in the past six months. Um, but that being said, the finish was, yeah, a little lame, I will agree. Um, especially since Miz did not get himself DQ'd. It was, it was Ambrose. Blatantly. I know Miz went for the low blow, but that means Ambrose just finds another way to counter that and retain his title. He blatantly hit Miz with a low blow and right in front of the referee. So maybe he didn't do it to retain his title to get out of the match. He just did it out of anger. He is unhinged after all. Well, if you if you take Dean Ambrose at his word, you know, he, he, he plans about a minute in front of his face. Maybe. True. Handful of seconds, if yeah. that. You know, someone tries to, to, to give him a low blow. I think Dean Ambrose just reflexively low blow right away. You know, if, that, if, if there was stipulations on the table that said, and he, even a disqualification, you will lose your Intercontinental Championship. I believe Dean Ambrose would still go for that low blow because he'd be like, hey, no one's going to low blow me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So in a way, it was very fitting to see the two of them uh, uh, clash like that uh, once again. Will it continue? Uh, will we continue to see this the, the shades of everything that, that was building on SmackDown Live continue on the Raw roster? You know, does does management believe that uh, that uh, people do not watch SmackDown Live? I'm not sure, uh, <laughs> yeah. but maybe maybe it's the fact that the Raw management is not watching SmackDown Live, that and that's why it. this is popping up. But oh, Kurt Angle, come on, yeah. So anyway, you know, we we've been talking about a lot of guys. Like, there's a lot of guys in wrestling, and that's uh, that's all well and good. But this week, Bailey former uh, Raw Women's Champion, uh, confronted Alexa Bliss, the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, you know, obviously you and I fall on different sides of the coin when it comes 
to Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Uh, what did you think about this confrontation? And wh- how do you see this moving forward? Is this got, uh, you know, pay-per-view written on it? It does. It does. Bailey obviously has her championship rematch with the title at the, I was going to say the payback pay-per-view extreme rules next month. But not only are they going to be facing off, presumably, I think it was made official. I'm not sure. Um, not only are they going to be facing off in a standard singles match, it's a one-on-one match with a Singapore Kane kendo stick stipulation attached to it, which to me is the most interesting. We've seen, you know, in the last year alone, we've seen women's steel cage matches. We've seen, uh, you know, we Hell in the Cell, Iron Woman, no disqualification, falls come anywhere. You name it, the women have done it in the past couple of months on Raw and SmackDown Live, respectively. And now at the, again, presumably at Extreme Rules, a Singapore Kane match, and that looked like it hurt a like a, it hurt like a mother on Monday for Bailey. That 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 looked like it you know hurt a ton. Having ha- having bought purchased Singapore Canes in the past, and having them uh, just willingly like hit across my back and chest, I could tell you for for certain that that is not fun. Do not want to feel that pain. Yeah, you know, you were like, hey, this sounds like a great idea. Let's try <laughs> it out. It's 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 not a great time. So the fact that this is this has got Tommy Dreamer written all over it. You know, this has got Sandman and ECW shades uh, going back to a, a lot of the uh, Philadelphia style uh, wrestling. Uh, tropes here but between Alexa Bliss and Bailey does Bailey really have it in her for that full hard-on baseball swing towards Alexa Bliss Bliss with a kendo stick I mean I feel like Alexa Bliss with a kendo stick in her hand is like the worst idea in the world yeah yeah I mean she's like the Harley Quinn of the WWE putting a weapon in her hands is probably the worst thing that you can do with Alexa but with Bailey yeah we haven't really seen that side of Bailey yet that screams that she will go to any you know, that, that she will go to great lengths to retain her title in terms of going to the extreme. And you need to go to that extreme to get back your gold. Bliss is willing to do that. Bailey, I'm not so sure. So again, putting my bias aside for Bailey, I'm not sure she has it in her. Uh, we really have not seen that aggressive side of Bailey, neither on the main roster or in NXT. We have yet to really see that. But maybe that feud, this feud with Alexa, will bring it out of her. So we'll see on uh, you know in a couple weeks at Extreme Rules. Well, speaking of aggressive streak, it was... Uh... Uh, somewhat shocking to me to see Alicia Fox this week defeat Sasha Banks. Um, uh, you know, Alicia has been involved in a lot of things on 205 Live and with a lot of um, different uh, male superstars, uh, you know, caught in all kinds of different triangles and octagons of things. <laughs> um, but Sasha Banks has uh, pretty much stayed the course. You know, she uh, is riding around like a boss. And uh, rolling in and out of matches and feuds and in people's faces and forming alliances and breaking alliances. And Sasha Banks is going to do as she pleases, but Alicia Fox is kind of a live wire in this scenario. Um, you know, does do, do you think that Sasha Banks underestimated Alicia's tenure in the WWE? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Alicia Fox has been here for what, you know, it's contrary to, to popular belief. She's been here for almost a decade at this point. Sasha Banks relatively new to the WWE universe, um, but Sasha Banks, what's interesting to me about this and her losing clean to Alicia Fox on Monday is that she calls herself the boss, I'm this, I'm that. You know, she was all over Raw for many, many months late last year, but now she's kind of been relegated to being an afterthought. She's not in the championship picture. She's kind of been distanced away from Bayley for a bit. Um, she's not going after the title. Now she's really kind of not doing anything except for this Alicia Fox feud at the moment. And Alicia Fox, someone who has been 
really overlooked for many, many years now, had that opportunity on Monday, beating a former Raw Women's Champion, a former NXT Women's Champion, a very established star in WWE. So that speaks volumes, not only to Alicia Fox, you know, kind of uh, resurrecting her career, so to speak, but Sasha Banks. Could this be what, you know, breaks the camel's back? Could this be your breaking point, at, at, you know, to the point where she has to stop endearing herself to the audience, she has to stop being a fan favorite, she has to return to her roots and being a legitimate threat and a badass, the boss of the Raw Women's Division? That's my question. Yeah, I, I think so. I think she's she's focused too much on the glitz and glamour right now. Absolutely. And Alicia Fox took advantage of that. I mean, and that's something that Sasha Banks really needs to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and similarly, um, uh, when you look at, uh, you know, between Alicia Fox, who's somebody that's tenured and now is 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 facing someone that is newer, um, you know, we had uh, Jeff Hardy facing Sheamus this week. And not that there's a ton of comparisons between Alicia Fox and Sasha Banks and <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, Jeff Hardy has been around uh, for a long while and Sheamus has been around for a long while, and, and that matchup seemed pretty even. However, Sasha Banks being newer, she clearly got undercut by just not having as much experience in the ring as Alicia Fox, you know, kind of counting her out. Whereas I don't think that at any point Jeff Hardy would ever count Sheamus out. He knows Sheamus too well and what he's capable of. So I think Sasha Banks needs to figure out what makes her a boss and commit to that. Just like Sheamus needs to commit to a strategy and beating Jeff Hardy can't seem to really land a win against the Hardy boys. What do you think about that? Again, I think this is only going to add to the aggression of Cesaro and Sheamus. They dominated the Raw Tag Team division on Monday, or last Monday, rather, in the Tag Team Turmoil, earning another shot of the uh, the Tag Team titles at Extreme Rules. But, um, yeah, they just cannot seem to beat the Hardy Boys, whether it be Tag Team competition, singles competition. It doesn't matter. The Hardy Boys have their number. Going to show that they're more than a nostalgia act. They're not just back to get one more run just for the popularity, just for you know, the, the, that one last rush from the fan base. They are here to win championships. They are here to prove they are the best tag team in all of time and all of space. And so far, they have done that in beating Cesaro and Sheamus several times over in, in, in singles tag and singles matches, tag team matches. I'm sure we will have a similar result at Extreme Rules. We'll get to that when we get to that. But for the time being, yeah, I think Cesaro and Sheamus and being kind of the hungry up and comers and kind of overlooking the Hardy Boys are really underestimating what they're all about. Absolutely, and. You know, uh, with, with another couple of quick hits that we have here, um, some things that happened and uh, changed up the landscape a little bit on Raw. Goldust uh, uh, attacked his former partner, R-Truth, and uh, it is uh, it, was, it was definitely surprising to see, you know, Goldust uh, make that kind of statement. He's been known to do it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all saw this coming. I can't say I'm too surprised. But in addition to that, uh, Titus O'Neil ended up in a match in- instead of, you know— um, uh, people that Titus supports and, and things like that. Titus himself is in this match against Big Cass. Big Cass comes up with a win. No big surprise there. Um, uh, you know, a lot of momentum behind Big Cass right now. But interesting, you know, developments. We'll see where some of those things go into the summer months as we as we move here. But coming up on our last uh, uh, point here for for Raw, Seth Rollins in the in the uh, main event match took on Bray Wyatt, and this was uh, 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 out of a conflict that arose earlier in the show, Kurt Angle uh, uh, designating matches throughout the night, and Seth Rollins had his shot. I think it was announced the first time 
it was going to be Seth Rollins one-on-one with Bray Wyatt. Yes, that is correct. Yep. Even though, you know, back in the Shield days, there was a lot of yes, combinations yes. of things, so it's not mm-hmm. like they haven't been in the ring together. First time one-on-one. First yeah. time one-on-one, yep. and it ends via disqualification. How did you feel about that? A lot of, a lot of DQs this yeah. week. A lot of DQs, a lot of no contests. Um, but no, it, it was a good match. It was more about building momentum more than anything else. I had of extreme roles. And I thought both guys did that very well. Even Maybe even more so Bray Wyatt. Um, he may not have won the match, but he did get the last laugh. Not only laying out Seth Rollins, but Samoa Joe as well. Um, the crowd was kind of, I don't want to say dead. They weren't as lively for this match as they were for the first three hours of the show, which is to be expected with a three-hour program. It gets draining after a while. But they did come alive for that potential tease of a Samoa Joe and Bray Wyatt face-off. Could we see that next week? We'll see. But no, a lot of I, I think what I like about this new era, as WWE is calling it, this fatal five-way match, is that we're going to see a lot of matches we've never seen before. Joe and Wyatt, Wyatt Rollins, as you would just said, um, Balor Reigns. We've seen that only one other time before, before Monday night. I'm sure we'll see Balor and Wyatt again at some point for the first time ever, so... Yeah, I'm liking the dynamic of all five guys in this matchup. But in terms of this match, good, solid main event. Bray Wyatt could be more of a threat than we initially expected. I absolutely agree that the the most exciting thing about the shakeup is now that we get to see these unique combinations of competition that we would otherwise have to wait you know, for those collaborative pay-per-view moments where everyone can come together and it's mm-hmm. usually over a belt. So to see things truly, you know, find their own homes and find their own paths seems like there are more opportunities now for superstars than ever to climb the ladder in the WWE and achieve something monumental. Graham, final thoughts here on Wrestle Rant Radio. Great week in wrestling. Again, thoroughly enjoyed it. NXT is going to be awesome on Saturday. Looking forward to TakeOver Chicago. That's going to be great. Uh, UK show debuting tomorrow on the WWE Network. It's going to be Pete Dunne, uh, I think, taking on Trent Seven, number one contenders match for the UK Championship on Saturday. I already know the result of that. And we also have um, the champion taking on, who's the champion? Uh, what's his name? Friggin' uh, the current champion. The 19-year-old. Oh, God, it's I'm blanking here. I'm totally blanking as well. Not Trent Seven, not Pete Dunne, the other dude. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's going to bother me. But he's taking on Mandrews for the UK Championship on Friday as well. That's going to be a great show. Um, but, yeah, once again, kind of going full circle. Tommy, thank you for your uh, time here on WrestleRant Radio. It's been absolutely amazing. You know, of course, not the last time we're going to talk. Um, really the end of an era. You know, the WWE t- talks about that all the time. Taker and Triple H, WrestleMania 20, end of an era, and then they come back two months later. But this is truly the end of an era on WrestleRant Radio um, after four years. Um, a lot like Tommy said earlier, it's just been... D- don't go back and check out the first few episodes. They're absolutely atrocious. I did them by myself. I've come a long way as a speaker and whatnot, as Tommy had said earlier. Um, so so WrestleRant Radio has helped me out in more ways than one. It's been a great outlet for me in talking wrestling, really bringing wrestling fans together. Uh, we've had RJ, as you had said, you as well, and a few others. Uh, so wrestling fans, unite, love wrestling. It's a great time to be a fan, an awesome time to be alive. And Tommy, once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for uh, WrestleRant Radio. I thoroughly appreciate it, my oh, man. Thank you, brother. This has been uh, one of the, the highlights uh, of it's, it sounds crazy. Highlights of my life to Me be able well, my to do a show like this. It, it it seems simple, but the writing and the thoughtfulness that goes behind this. And we don't talk about this really uh, while we're doing our show because we preferred for everyone to be immersed 
in what's going on in the WWE, but we've never said this out loud. We probably won't ever say it out loud again, but this show was intended for you fans out there, you older fans, you newer fans, people getting into wrestling, never heard about wrestling before. This show was meant to be a gateway. This show is not meant to be another, uh, you know, critics fest. This was about... Uh, and it's also not supposed to be in kayfabe or whatever. It, this was about celebrating why wrestling is fun, why writing is fun, why creative storytelling is fun, why characters matter, why superheroes can be real, and things can actually inspire you to be a better person. You know, for all the flaws of any of these companies and organizations, the WWE does an enormous amount of good. And if that good is just in storytelling alone, then they're doing a service to people by providing a true outlet for stories that never end. There's no off-season in the WWE. There's no taking a break. These shows are written every day, every week, around the world. Name any other entertainment company, sports company, anything that does anything like the WWE. They have set the bar. They are a media standard. They push forward. The WWE Network alone is a more unique platform than Netflix, Amazon, or anything else out there. Mm -hmm. You can't have a body of work. Nobody does like the WWE. It is so enjoyable to talk about, so frustrating to watch it grow day by day. But when you look back on it and you see the true intent here, stories are trying to be told. Drama is unfolding in a live theater setting. And sports competition is at its highest that it has ever been. So I will end the show by saying something I've always wanted to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you for the years of support. And fear not, true believers, like Graham said, while we may be gone, we are still alive in the super unknown. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been great. Sincerely the best. We remain WrestleRant Radio. I'm Tommy Sharp. For Graham GSM Matthews, we will see you in the super unknown. (laughs) 